Today is Christmas Eve 2020. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. I love to share my personal life with you because I think that gives us intimacy. I know most of you that have been listening know that my grandson died two weeks ago. He was 37 years old and had a five-year-old little boy. He'd never been married, and so this little boy is left with nobody, but he has a lot of love, people that love him. But I think I told you he asked his granddaddy at the service, what will I do if you die? That tore my heart out. My son said, I'm gonna live a long time. And my little great-grandson said, but who's gonna come get me if you die? And so we're trying to let him know how many relatives he has. You see, his daddy was estranged from all of us for years. And so he didn't know us. But thank the Lord, two years ago, my grandson changed and he's been around. So yesterday, my son called and my grandson wanted to tell me something. He said, I have 40 cousins. And I said, 40? And he said, yes, I have 40 cousins. And he was so excited. And he's excited to have his room now at his granddaddy's house. And I talked with him this morning. And he said, we went to the feed store and we bought feed for the reindeer. He said, now that's not like deer. That's a special deer, it's a reindeer. And they have lights in their noses and they pull Santa's sleigh. And we're gonna leave some food for him out in the yard. And then we're making cookies and we'll put those inside the door for Santa Claus. And he was so excited. And when I hung up, I thought, how wonderful this little boy who's just gone through such trauma is doing for others. That's my best Christmas present. And we have an opportunity to invest in this little boy's life and let him know that a lot of people that'll take care of him and give him security that he's really never had. And so I thank the Lord for the opportunity to love a little boy who is lonely. And I've been thinking about Christmas Christmas is not as much fun as it used to be. And I wonder why, and I know why. Because you see, before I became a Christian in 1964, my life was really empty. I didn't know why. And so I loved to be busy and to do things and Christmas would come along and I would decorate and I would cook and I would address Christmas cards and I would buy presents and I would go to parties and I would have parties and it was just wonderful because my days were filled with fun activities. And then Christmas came the first year I was a believer. And Christmas suddenly was an intrusion on my spiritual life. I was going to Bible classes and studying and reading my Bible and I didn't want to be interrupted. 
They don't misunderstand me. I appreciate the reason for the season. But it's just not like it was before. Because you see, I don't need busyness and activities to fill the void that was in my life. When I invited Christ to come in, it was filled. And therefore, I don't need to stay busy. It's a much better way to live. But I remember thinking about the fact that Christmas is when God became a man. I mean, that's incredible. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, became a man, little baby, born just like you and I. And I was thinking about Mary, a young teenage girl engaged, a spouse to be married, and she found herself pregnant by the Holy Spirit. In those days, if you were caught in adultery, you were stoned to death. And I wondered, why did God pick her? Out of all the young women on the face of the earth, why Mary? And when I read the Christmas story, I realized why. Mary knew what her fate would be. And yet, she said, thou will be done. You see, this little girl was willing not only to stake her reputation on the line, but her life. And then there's Joseph, an honorable man. And when Mary told him she was pregnant, what do you think he thought? I know what he thought. I can't believe you've done this. And then the Holy Spirit told him. She conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now you think about that. You think about him accepting that fact and believing it. He was a man of faith. He didn't understand that, neither do I. And so the parents of God were willing to sacrifice their life to be obedient and chose to believe what they were told, even though it didn't make any sense. Then there are the shepherds, keeping watch of their flock by night, the lowliest of creatures. They live with the sheep and they smell bad. And yet God picked them to follow the star to the manger. And then the wise men came and brought very expensive gifts. The smartest men with all the wealth. So here this baby came to the poor and those that smell bad and to the smart and to the wealthy. And he was born of people of faith. And I believe with all my heart that God calls on us to just do what he says. And even though the consequences are dire, don't worry about it. Because if you're in the will of God, you don't have to worry about the circumstances of the future. And when he tells us something, even though it seems absurd, just believe it. You know, the most absurd thing to me is the fact that you can invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. That's God. 
and he will. And he'll stay there. And he'll forgive all your sins. And he'll teach you the word. And he'll show you the truth. What an unbelievable experience. And there are many, many people today that just don't want to hear about it. They don't care. And I read a verse in Romans. It says, men love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. And I believe there's a lot of evil going on in the world today. And that's why people don't want to hear. They don't want you talking about it. I remember my friend Henry Brandt said, think of it this way. If you're in a dark room and somebody shines a bright light in your eyes, what do you do? You flinch and close your eyes. You have to get used to the light. Then you can open your eyes. And Andrew said, when people walk in darkness and you shine the light of truth in their face, they have to get used to it. So give them time. Be patient. I just love that. So I'm not offended when people resist the truth if I share it with them. I just want to give them time to adjust to the light. Now, in our lesson today, we're going to conclude our study in, for, in 2 Timothy, and we're going to skim through chapter 4. I think it's incredible how God's timing is so perfect. And here we are facing a new year, it can be very devastating in this country. It's hard to predict what's going to happen. But God knows what's going to happen. And we are perfectly on his timetable. But you know, Paul was at the end of his life. And he knew it. And so he starts off with chapter 4. He says, I solemnly urge you before God and Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Do you realize that? The living and the dead will be judged? That's what we face. You better believe it, because that's what it says. Now, if you have received Christ, you don't have to worry about the judgment seat. But if you haven't, you're in big trouble and so Paul says, preach the word urgently at all times. Wheresoever, wheresoever you get the chance, in season and out, when it's convenient and when it's not. Correct and rebuke your people when they need it. Encourage them to do right. And all the time be feeding them patiently with God's word. That's the key. Patiently. When they resist the light, be patient and let them get adjusted. And then Paul warns us about the end times. He says, there'll come a day when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will follow their own misguided ideas. 
And that's about where we are. And then, then Paul says, stand steady. Don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. Bring others to Christ. Leave nothing undone that you might do. And then Paul says, I say this because I won't be around to help you very much longer. My time has almost run out. And I'm not being dramatic, but I could say almost the same thing. Because I had my 89th birthday, the 21st, that's two days ago. And not a lot of people live to be real old. And I just hope one night I go to sleep and quit breathing. So if you hear that, you thank the Lord that that's what happened to me. But I want to urge you to be steady and faithful and loyal and trusting. He said, very soon I'll be on my way to heaven. Let me tell you, that's an exciting thought for me. I, I think very soon I'll be on my way to heaven too. I don't know when, and I know one thing. As long as God has a use for me, I'll be here. But when he's finished, I'll be in heaven with him. And that's exciting. You see, when you walk with the Lord in control of your life, you can enjoy the day and never dread the future. Because it's exciting to have him guide your path and to have him take you home. And that's a glorious place. Paul says, I have fought long and hard and through it all, I've kept true to him. And now the time has come for me to stop fighting and rest. Isn't that exciting? You know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And he was a Pharisee who killed believers. What a miracle. When I think of Paul, nobody, nobody is too bad for God to change. And he said, in heaven, a crown is waiting for me that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day. And so, never fear. Look forward to his coming or you going home. And now, in the, the rest of this chapter, Paul mentions people that were important to him. Some of them have failed him and abandoned him and some very few have stuck with him. And he said to Timothy, please come to me as soon as you can. For Demas left me. He loved the good things of life and he went to Thessalonica. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark when you come. I need him. Isn't that funny? He was a man needing God, but he needed his, his friends. And we need each other. Don't ever forget that. Paul says, please come. And then he concludes this whole book by saying, may the Lord 
Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And I want to conclude this episode by saying the same thing to you. I pray that your life will be enriched as you study his word. And it's my privilege to be able to teach you his word. I don't have any wisdom except from what I've gotten from studying the Bible. But the Bible is truth. And the truth will set you free. So once again, don't dread the future. Don't be afraid of what's to come. Enjoy the day and look forward to tomorrow and all the tomorrows that we have. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas and God bless you.